Hello again, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I am going to be your guide today as we talk about some time-saving tips for a website redo. Now, I know that I titled it Website Redo, but here's the deal. If you don't have a website yet and you're listening to this podcast, it's also for you. Because what we're really going to talk about is tricks and tips to get you through your web design without belly flopping in the middle so you can keep everything together and make sure you get exactly what you need at the end so you can grow your business and have a website that actually works for your company. We're going to talk about how to structure the stuff that you're going to put on your pages, where to find your photos and how to organize them, and more. Like totally dorky, awesome things that I've learned in the last like 20 years of building websites. So without further ado, let's get to business. If you're a natural-born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. It doesn't matter if you're redoing your website or building your website, you're basically doing the same thing. You are building a website, right? One person has the experience of having built a website before or going through the process, maybe with another human being, and then the other person hasn't been through the process before at all. Now, we all know that it's easier when you go through something the second time, right? Think about (laughs) having your second kid. It was way easier. I knew everything that I needed, and I, I had a better clue of what to expect out of motherhood round two than I did round one for sure. And I think there's so many things in life that are the exact same way. Now, it doesn't matter if this is your first time or your 50th time, if you're doing it by yourself or if you're doing it with the help of a company or a freelancer, the amount of time it takes you to get through this project is going to come down to basically one thing, which is how stinking organized are you? And for some people, you're like, I am super organized. Organization, that's my jam. And for other people, you're like, that does not sound like any fun at all. I just want to talk about what to put on my pages and how to build stuff fast. Okay, I'm going to talk to both of you guys today about different things. But just remember, the more organized you are in each step and throughout your process, the faster you're going to get your website done. And if there's two people involved in the process, or you and a company, or you and a freelancer, then each of you needs to be organized, not just you. But you do have a responsibility. Even if you hire a company to build your website for you, you have a responsibility to be organized with your responsibilities in the project. Just think back to when you were a kid and you got tasked with this team project. We were given those projects to prepare us for situations like these in the workplace. (laughs) Weird, huh? (laughs) Who would have thought that your like sixth grade science project could prepare you for building a website for your company someday? But it seems like in those projects, and I know you guys can remember this, there were the people that just really didn't do much of anything. And then there was the person who did almost everything. 
Or you had a great person who was really organized, who delegated and made sure that everybody got their stuff done. That's the person that you can be in your website build. You can be that person if you're organized. And if you work with a great company, you'll have somebody be that person for you as well. Now, okay, so enough with the organization mumbo jumbo, but ultimately it is a group project. That's what building a website is. So just keep that in mind. You need to be organized, even if you're not the company building it, and the company building it also needs to be organized. And if they're not, then you need to be the person in that group project who is pushing it along and getting it done. And I mean, if you're working with a good company, they should be pushing it along and getting it done. But there are always times where budget is an issue. And so you're working with someone new or a freelancer or a student, somebody who has a part-time job or other responsibilities in life that do not just include building your website. And in those instances, the reason that you're paying less is because you're taking on more personally. You get to be the person that makes sure that this project gets done. And you can, you totally can. You have all the skills that you need to do it. So the first thing that you're going to do to make sure that you can get this project done in a reasonable time frame and that everybody knows what their job is, is make a project plan. Basically a game plan for what you're going to do with this website. The first thing I usually do is look at the site that I have and figure out what do I not like about it? Because that's an important thing to convey when you're working with another person. And just to get clear on where you're going, right? You've got this thing, look at it. What do you not like about it? If you're not sure what you don't like about it, then start looking at other people's sites in your industry. Look at your competitors. Look at other sites like yours in other regions. Make notes. What do they have on their site? What do you like about the site? Now, from that, I want you to pull a couple of things. I want you to look at what pages they have on their site, but also what types of functionality, like what can users do on their websites? Because we wanna have similar stuff to those websites. Really try to put yourself in the user's perspective while you're looking at these other sites and ask yourself, is this clear? Do I understand this? Would I have enough information to make a buying decision? And then you're going to make sure that you take notes for every site that you look at. I like to take a screenshot, and I also like to provide myself a link back to it. That's going to be the beginning of the foundation of this plan for your website. Once you get your research done, then you can make an outline of your pages, and you will then describe what you're going to put on each page and what the expectations of each page are. So that way, when you get there, you'll have everything that you need to do the task. Otherwise, by the time you get around to getting to that page, because it is a long project, right? By the time you get around to getting to that page, you can't remember. You can't remember what you were going to do. And, and if your notes are like, <laughs> if they're cryptic, like my notes get sometimes, I'm like, I don't know what I meant by that. And then it takes me like two weeks worth of meetings. And then suddenly I'm in the shower and I'm like, boof, oh my gosh, that's what I meant by that weird cryptic, like backwards written B. I was actually going to put, you know, whatever on this page. So either way, make sure that you give yourself way more information than you think that you'll need in your site outline. Okay, so once you figure out what you're going to put on your site, the second thing that I want you to do is figure out how you're going to get all that stuff, right? So you know now your about page is going to have your mission and your timeline and your staff pictures on it, say. So how are you going to get all that stuff? Because it takes time to get all that stuff together. 
I want you to look at things that you already have. Do you have a proposal where you have written staff bios? Do you have photos? If you don't have photos, think about how are you going to get them? Because you want to have all the bios and the photos and everything together before you ever go to build the page. Because then when you get to building the page, it's going to be way faster. You know exactly what you're working with. If you're looking for your mission or your history, has anybody given a presentation about it? Is there somebody that you can ask in your office to just make you a timeline? Do you have brochures that have great service descriptions on them? Or maybe you're going to look at service descriptions on another website or on a vendor's website and pull the information from there. So the second step after you get everything outlined is really to go out and find everything that you possibly can repurpose and recycle to make into your website content because it is so much easier to start with something than to start with nothing. And even if you're going out to your vendor website to get photos of your products and services or to get product descriptions, that doesn't mean that you have to leave them exactly like that. You can always dress them up and make them more your own, but having something to start with is important. And you're going to document all that stuff in your site plan so that way you know exactly where it is when you need to put your content together. And then there's photos. So the third thing that I would suggest that you do is find your photos in advance and keep them organized because it takes time to find the photos. And when you start searching through photo libraries, it's easier just to do it at once than it is to do it on the fly while you're building your pages. It just takes time and your brain isn't in that mode. It's in a different mode. It's, it like literally takes different parts of your brain to put together the page on your website or to write the text on your website than it does to go find the perfect pictures for your website. So I suggest that you go find your pictures in mass, right? Okay, so you know what you're going to put on the pages because you made your outline. So then ask yourself what types of photos would make sense for those pages. What are the types of photos that your audience needs to see to feel like you can do the thing that you're saying that you can do? If you're going to use stock photos, I would go out and make a board in iStock. You can make lots of boards, and boards are basically just a way to collect and save images. If you want to, you can also save images from iStock. Like You can just right-click and save them. And here is a pro tip. Do not rename those don't rename them. Leave them exactly the name that they are because if you search for the file name in iStock, you will find that exact image back. And if you don't and you haven't saved it to a board, you are hosed. Good luck finding that sucker back again because if you get into the armpit of iStock and you're finding the exact right pictures, getting back there is not easy. It's like shopping on Amazon and finding that like perfect thing, you know, for somebody for Christmas. But you, but you had to get to the armpit of Amazon to get there, right? And then how do you ever get back? to the armpit of Amazon. It is not easy, my friends. That's why we can save things to wish lists and boards. So use that feature. Create a board for each page and save the images there. And then go back and review them and pick the right ones. You don't have to pick the right one to begin with. Just go through and start picking things and saving them to the pages you think that they'll work on. And then go back and pick the exact right picture. Another thing that you can do is pin photos and ideas in a Pinterest board, especially if they're just big conceptual things. Like say that you are on another website and you love the type of photo that they have on their services pages. Well, then pin it. 
pin it in Pinterest so that way you can see it and then you'll know this is the type of photo that I want for my services page. And then here's the last trick though. Go back to your plan and put in there underneath the services page, I want the header picture to look like the one I pinned on Pinterest. And then you can literally put a link to it in your plan. I don't, it sounds crazy, but you're not gonna remember that it's out there by the time that you get around to making that services page layout. Another trick that I use to organize my photos and my content and ideas is a service called Milanote. It is a free service. It starts out as free at least. And it's it's like a uh, board. It's like a Pinterest board meets a website. And you just have a lot more flexibility. So you can have documents in there. You can link to things. You can put pictures in there. You can even have arrows going back and forth, to-do lists, the whole ball of wax. In my Milanote, I have a board with all the client testimonials that I've gathered throughout time. I also have a board that just has our brand colors and images so that way I can make sure that I know exactly what color to use on all of the May Create stuff. So you can use it the same way for your website. You could have a board for each page. You could drop images in there, colors in there, thoughts in there, just however it works to keep you organized. I also use though a Word document to organize all the stuff for the entire website because it's easier for me that way. Okay, so enough with that. You're gonna find your photos, you're gonna organize them in a stock photo library or you're gonna have a Pinterest board and you're gonna start by looking for all your photos at one time and just document which ones you wanna use. And remember, just look at them all, group them together and then make your decision. You don't have to make your decision right away when you're looking at the images. You start big and then you narrow it down. Okay, so we talked a little bit about file naming conventions for your images. That is another thing that's going to save you so much time in the long run, is naming things, things that make sense. Okay, so for your stock photos, remember I said do not change the names of those. I still stand by that. Make a folder once you download your stock photos. If it's going to go on the About page, save it into the About page folder. So you'll have an images folder, an about page folder, images go in the about page folder. It will save you so much time. But then for other images, especially if you're working with someone else, like let's say you're working with a designer, name the images for each one of your staff members, the staff member's name. I know it sounds insane, but we don't know who they are, okay? We don't know that we don't know who Missy is and we don't know who Margaret is. We just know that there's two ladies and we don't even know. So you need to make it very clear who is who. And especially for you folks who have a more complicated service that you're offering or a more technical service, label the pictures that you're gonna put on each services page with the name of the services page if you've taken them yourself because then your designer is going to know. We can't just assume that your designer knows what a paver looks like. We can't assume that. You can't assume that they know what an excavator looks like. We, we don't know. They, and they also don't know the difference between microderm abrasion and a facial peel, if that is even a thing. They just don't know, right? And so we can't expect them to understand or know that unless this is what they do every day is build websites for companies just like yours. But most design companies have a pretty wide breadth of clientele that they work with. So it's up to you to make sure the right stuff gets on the right page. And if you want it, to start, you need to name your images so that it makes sense. Okay, so to recap, we have our outline. We know what we're going to do on each page, and we did our research, and we documented it. 
Then we looked at what we have and what we could recycle for our content so that way we don't have to write it all from scratch and we made notes in our plan. We found our photos in mass and we organized them some way that we can get to them again, whether it's a folder structure or a board. And we have named these images that we're not downloading from the stock photo library something that makes sense so that we can use them again. So the next thing that you're gonna do to save yourself time is you're gonna prep for writing your text. If you are responsible for writing the content for your website, you need to prep for it. If you are going to have someone else write the content for your website, you need to prep for them to write the content for your website. And usually what that means is that they're gonna give you a bunch of questions that you need to get ready to answer. Right, And so you might have to go talk to other people to answer those questions, or maybe you're prepared to just answer them yourself. But the time that you spend marinating on those answers will equal you giving better answers. Most people are not awesome impromptu speakers. They don't just stand up and be like, blah, 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 I got this, right? Most people have to think about what they're going to say in advance. So if someone else is writing your content for you, make sure that you ask them for the questions that they're going to ask you about your content. So that way you can think about it in advance and be super prepared to answer those questions eloquently and efficiently so you get awesome copy out of the deal. Now, here's the deal. If you are writing your own content, that is totally cool. A lot of people can absolutely write their own content because you talk about your business every day. Who knows it better than you, right? But how exactly do you do that? Like write for a website? Well, I feel like the first step is just going back to that plan and looking at the outline of what you were gonna put on the page. What did you think that people needed to see in order to understand that you are the best possible place for them to get this service or product from. Now pretend like you know absolutely nothing and create an interview guide for yourself about that product or service. Think to yourself, what are the questions that people ask you all the time about that product or service? And also, what are questions that you would ask someone if you were going to buy that service? Because you're super informed about it. What would you ask someone about that product or service to learn whether or not they're the right service provider for you. What you're doing when you create these questions, even if you don't answer them in an interview, is you're creating a rubric to check your work against. Because you could just get started writing and you're like, blah, 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 blah. But did you get everything on there? You don't really know because we just start writing and then it's like our brains kind of explode. You have to have a plan about what you're gonna write to get the right stuff out. So if you have an outline, and you have the questions, then you can go back through. You start by writing from the outline, and then you look at your questions, and you say, did I answer this question? And if the answer is yes, then you're good to go. But you can't have that assurance if you haven't created the rubric that you're gonna check your content against to begin with. Writing great website content is intentional. So whether you're being interviewed for the content or whether you're writing it for yourself, you're going to have to think about those answers and get clear on what your audience needs. And you want to do that before you start writing it or before the interview starts. So to save yourself time and make sure that you're intentional, you either have to ask the person who's interviewing you for the questions in advance so you can prep for them or you need to create your own rubric to make sure that the text that you write actually meets the criteria. So the next trick, if you are writing your own text to make sure that you get this thing done efficiently, 
is to dedicate a document for each page in your website. What do I mean by that? I mean, the content for your about page goes on a document, a Word doc or a Google doc, whatever you're using, on a document that is the about page document. And that's it. Only the about page content goes on that. Each page in your website will get its own document. And in that document, you can link to pictures once again, however you want to organize it, but make sure that everything that you want to have on that page is in that document. And then I would link to that document from your master plan. So that way you know exactly where it is. Don't just open up the page and start writing in the page. I do that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It's like the worst idea ever. The reason it's the worst idea ever is because you don't have all the same editing features in there and because we get distracted and we're like, oh, maybe I could put this picture here. We could do whatever here. It is faster if you write and then you design than writing while you're designing. You can always edit it back and change it, but it is faster when you go to design your pages to have text that is already written and can be modified if need to to fit the space that you have. So I guess that's actually two tips. Write the text before you design the pages and make sure that each page has its own document with text in it. Don't intermingle. Oh my gosh, here's another one about text. Use the formatting styles inside of the documents. So you're gonna start with the page title as a heading one in the document, like in your Google Doc. Then all the other headings are gonna be heading two and heading three, and so on and so forth. Add your headings using those styles. Do not style them manually, because here's the deal. If you add them in that document, you can copy and paste right from that document into your website, and it will pick up all of those heading styles and match it to what it's supposed to look like in your site. Magic, huh? Now that's a time saver for you. Do that. And then I guess that can roll right into my next time saver, which is when you're building those pages, make sure that you use those pre-assigned text styles because it takes forever to click and click and click and make everything look the same. Make sure that you have them set in the master style sheet so that way you can use them as you go. And Okay, so I have two more suggestions for you to get this sucker done fast. Sucker, meaning website. (laughs) One is that if you already have an existing website, do not, I repeat, do not manually enter all of your events, all of your posts, all of your blog posts, all of your newsletters. Do you get what I'm getting at here? All the stuff that you've been putting in your website forever that's not going to change with your website redo, but just might look different because it's in a new package in the new website. Don't enter those by hand because you shouldn't have to. You should be able to migrate them in mass. It may take a little bit of formatting in a CSV file or an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, but you can absolutely put them in a spreadsheet type system and then upload them into the website. And that is so much faster than doing it by hand in the website. It just is. So migrate, migrate, migrate. Figure out how to get it done. There's ways to migrate across different platforms. It's totally possible. It's totally possible. Don't take no for an answer. Migrating is almost always faster than doing it by hand unless you've only got like 10 posts or maybe 20, right? But anything more than that, I would never be doing it by hand. Okay, and then my last my last suggestion to save you time with your website redo, and I know that this is kind of obvious, but it's not obvious, is outsource part or all of the project. 
you have a lot of things on your plate. You are a busy human being, and maybe writing your text is not for you, right? So find somebody to write it for you. If you write your text, but you aren't the best editor, then have someone edit it for you. As a matter of fact, always have someone edit it for you. Like, never skip that step. Someone else needs to read it that isn't the person who wrote it, period. (laughs) End of story. And if you're not capable of setting up the template, then don't. You only have to do it once. Why would you learn how to do it, right? When when you could pay somebody to do it for you, it shouldn't cost a gajillion dollars. It should be a great investment of your time and energy because then you can focus on other things that you really should and can do with this website rebuild. So even if you're not outsourcing the entire website building, think about the things that you could have somebody help you with and outsource those items, whether it's professional photography, copywriting, editing, even just setting up the template for your site. All of those things are on the table for other professionals to help you handle and take that load off of your shoulders so that way this website can get done faster. But if you are going to be outsourcing or if you are going to be insourcing, remember that we have to have a great plan to start with, right? You have to have it documented. That is gonna be the thing that allows you to get this website done efficiently because you're gonna get pulled in many different directions every single day. Not very many people have the luxury of sitting down and building their website from the beginning of the day to the end of the day for a week or two and then having it done. Not even my designers have that luxury. They have to work on things in little compartments so that way they can get it done, have a client make a decision, go back, do the next thing, have a client make another decision, go back, do the next thing. And they wouldn't be able to do that if they didn't have a good plan to start with. Now, if you are (laughs) like, oh my gosh, Monica, you're right. I do need to have this website plan. It doesn't matter if another person's building it for me or if I'm doing it for myself. I need to be in control of this project and understand what's going on in it so that way I can make sure that it gets done on time and that I get exactly what I need for my company. I have good news for you. You actually don't have to do that by yourself. You can join our website planning workshops. These free workshops are planned for early February of 2023. And if you're listening to this episode and it's post-February 2023, thank you for listening, by the way. And just realize that we do have them intermittently throughout the entire year. So just hop on over to the Make Create website and you can sign up for one if registration is open. And if not, you can sign up for our email list and we will definitely tell you when they open up. During these workshops, We will outline the pages of your site and what they'll do, right? We'll get you started on that very first step. We'll help you decide what to put on the pages of your site, and you'll learn shortcuts for creating your site content and decide the best way to build your site. So that's what we're going to go through in the workshop. So if you need a little bit more guidance or some accountability, then hop on over and sign up for the workshop. And like I said, if it's after February, then just sign up for our email list and we will let you know when they open next because we'll have them intermittently throughout the year. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I hope to see all of you at our website planning workshop. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E, create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on. Market with Purpose.